When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So a little quarterback derby in the NFC South. Let's play it. Let's show you how it all went out and changed uh, on Monday. I'll tell you, we knew there was going to be some changes at the quarterback position around the league. We've seen more this year than, than I could could even fathom. I mean, and, and almost exclusively all the quarterbacks are going to the AFC West. I mean, it's going to be down to like Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. And <laughs> I'm done. Uh, that's, that's the way it's shaken out. I mean, really, who, el- who else is – I mean, you got Dak – Dak, yeah, Dak Prescott, I would give you that you for got sure. Kyler, Kyler Murray, sure. The, I mean, you know, obviously there's problems in Arizona, and he wants a new contract. Mm-hmm. And Dak plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't know what the hell they're doing, but you know, they're, they're letting good players go away, and and they're the Cowboys who haven't had a meaningful playoff win in 25 years. But you can't discount Dak. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. still there's still a few guys left, and that guy named Brady, yeah, is the the best of all of them in my yeah. opinion. Isn't what after that it's what. Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, yeah, um, whoever Carson in San Wentz, Francisco. <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz, uh, Trey Lance, yeah, assuming Garoppolo was dealt, mm-hmm. uh, Jared Goff, All right, yeah, yeah. There's about four quarterbacks in the NFC. It was about it. I mean, realistically, you know, every year I say this, there's there's between four and five teams in each conference that have a realistic. Write them down on the piece of paper before the season begins. They could go to the Super Bowl. It's about four or five teams in each. In the AFC, there's probably about this year probably about nine. Okay, because there's so many good quarterbacks over there. Well, let's go to the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. Well, the whole AFC Mahomes. West. Yeah, the whole AFC West. The Raiders and Derek Carr. Yeah, and Russell, he's the worst guy. Yeah, Russell Wilson on the Broncos. Hmm. Uh, Herbert on the Chargers. Yep. You got. Uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got Burrow in Cincinnati, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson in Baltimore, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, in Cleveland. Um, Josh Allen in Buffalo, Allen in Buffalo. You've got, I mean, Tannehill in Tennessee. Good team, yeah, yeah. Um, now you've got Matt Ryan some- in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. Well, let, let's stop there because we want to talk about the the uh, NFC South. So really, everything has sort of spun off the axis of Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, we knew when they were going to make him available for the trade. And then uh, a couple Fridays ago, the grand jury did not return any of the um, nine criminal charges for indictments. And so I think that changed a lot of the attitudes of teams. I've never seen a player... In, in, since I've been covering the league, have this much leverage against everybody. And yet, and we'll talk about this more probably during the week, the 22 civil complaints, you know, uh, inappropriate sexual conduct, uh, sexual assault, those kind of things, notwithstanding that that was not a factor. And there was this much leverage. Of course, the Cleveland Browns paid him a ton of money, guaranteed him more money than any player in NFL history. 
lowered his base salary for the first year in case he's suspended. They did everything, and they get Deshaun Watson. Now, everything else has sort of spun off of that and, and spun off of that in, in a relative hurry, particularly since every team in the NFC South, including the Bucks, by the way, who did their sort of quote-unquote due diligence, they also were investigating the possibility of getting Deshaun Watson. But we know that you know Atlanta was heavy into it. Um, obviously, Cleveland was, and that's where he went, and Baker Mayfield got mad. We know that New Orleans was, was a player in this thing, and Carolina might have been in pursuit of him longer than anybody. They, they were after him a year ago, and Matt Rule wanting a quarterback, and he's sitting there with Sam Darnold. So Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland, and now everything quickly backfilled after that, okay? Whether the Falcons intended to trade Matt Ryan this year or merely this sort of put him out on front street a little bit, trade they did. Uh, they traded him to the Indianapolis Colts which I'm going to say right now might be one of the best fits of any of these quarterback situations that I've seen. I think Matt Ryan has a lot left in the tank. That's an outstanding offensive line. It is a run-driven football team with Jonathan Taylor with a pretty good defense. They could get a little better on the back end, but a pretty good defense. And Matt Ryan can still spin it. You know, he's always been a pocket passer. He's never been a scrambler or anything like that. You give him a run game, I mean, you know, you make them balanced with some of the young receivers that Indianapolis has, I like that that situation for him. And I think from a temperament standpoint, he fits Indianapolis perfectly. Best quarterback they've had, and they've had one every year. It's really weird when you look at the timeline. They've had one every year since Andrew Luck called it quits. And I don't think it's close. I think by far he's the best quarterback they've had in there. So one and done with Carson Wentz. And so now you get Matt Ryan. Probably going to give him two years. I think that's the plan. And it's not like the Falcons got a lot back. What was it, like a third rounder? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, mid-round, lower to mid-round pick, or uh, upper to mid-round pick. So he goes to Indianapolis. And then immediately the Atlanta Falcons find their quarterback, Marcus Mariota, back up out in Las Vegas to Derek Carr a year ago, got hurt a little bit. Of course, former, former number two overall pick the year that Jameis Winston was number one back in 2015, I believe. And so he now goes to the Atlanta Falcons where he's reunited with you know a, a former coach that he had on the staff in Tennessee in uh, Arthur Smith. So That might be a court. really good fit for him. It could be. It could be. I mean, you know, I, Arthur Smith knows what he's getting in Marcus Mariota. He knows he knows how to put him in positions to, mm-hmm. to, to succeed. And Mariota had a measure of success in Tennessee. It wasn't like that he didn't. They moved on from him the same way the Bucks moved on from Jameis. But it wasn't for that reason. It wasn't that he was an interception-prone guy. He was hurt a lot. I mean, I think he got hurt quite a bit. Uh, and, you, and that'll happen when you run around. And he can still run around. He got hurt in uh, Las Vegas last year as well doing some of the same stuff. And they use them in situations. So you get Mariota going to Atlanta. And then, yes, quickly after New Orleans, you know, lost to John Watson, took a couple days, they re-signed Jameis Winston. And they guarantee him, it's a two-year deal this time, they guarantee him $21 million for two years, which is a pretty good commitment. That's saying 
you know what? You're our starter, and we think you'll be our starter a year from now. Or they could still draft a quarterback. All of that's still on the table, of course. But they saw enough of Jameis last year. They weren't committed to him over Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think it's clear if they could have gotten Deshaun Watson, Jameis would have had to find a new place to go. And I'm not sure that where that would have been, to be honest with you. But they didn't get him. And so quickly, or within a day or so, they get Jameis Winston back in New Orleans. And then Carolina is sitting there. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not comfortable with going again with Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold, for now, is the quarterback in Carolina. I think that's one where Jimmy Garoppolo could fit if and when they trade him. There was a report that John Lynch has always been, had, had already been offered by some team, this is according to Mike Florio, two second-round picks. If he was offered that, he should, should have traded him already, if that's true. I don't, I don't know you're going to do better Unless than that. Unless Jimmy didn't want to go there because, I mean, they have said they want to. Yeah, they want to help him go to a winning yeah. team, and that's possible. It's a good point. It might not be, yeah, might, maybe they are the ones that offered two, two number twos and they said, you know, he don't want to play for you. And, and they're trying to place him with a better football team. But what's that better football team? Seattle, maybe? That job still has to be filled. And the other quarterback, of course, now that's available is Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And so what's a good fit? What's a good fit for Baker Mayfield? I'm not really sure I know. But still more, quarter, more, more teams that need quarterbacks than quarterbacks themselves. And so we got to wait for for how that falls out. But let's just let's just look at the NFC South for a minute because it's only been a week and a, and a day or so since Tom Brady told everybody, "I'm forget what I said sixty days ago. I'm I'm no longer retired. I'm coming back. I belong in the field. I'm going to play." And he comes back to the Buccaneers, and then all this movement happens right around the NFL with quarterbacks. And now, so you look at the NFC South, and listen. Let's just say this, at least with Sean Payton coaching, and maybe not with him coaching because he wasn't able to coach here last year when they played him in December, and the Saints won that game too, 9 to nothing. But it doesn't seem to matter who's quarterbacking. The Saints have had the Bucks number. They've won six or seven in a row, the exception of the playoff game that they, the Bucks went and won the Super Bowl that year. That was the big one. But they've owned the Bucks, and they've done it mostly with their defense. They've had a lot of quarterbacks, Taysom Hill, um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, all the way through to Jameis Winston. And they won twice last year. They got Jameis got hurt up there early in the season. And he's been recovering from an ACL. The good news for him is it happened early enough to where he should be ready to go. And that's not really a factor. Chris Godwin's happened pretty late in the season with three games left in the regular season. So he's still got a a good little road ahead of him. And we'll get into Chris Godwin because we talked to him out there uh, at the Bucks training facility on Monday. But you just look at this division and you go, and I I didn't know this. I started looking at the records. Jameis Winston has won 33 games in his career. 33. By comparison, Tom Brady in the last two years in Tampa has won 29. So wow. career wins for Jameis Winston, 33. Wins as a Bucks quarterback in two seasons for Tom Brady, 29. That's incredible. I mean, it, I, I did, you know, I did, and and that, and here's the thing about that record, that includes last year with the Saints. He was five and two. Mm-hmm. So without those five wins, he's you know he's got fewer wins than Tom Brady. I'll throw another one out at you, Marcus Mariota, now quarterbacking the Falcons. 
29 wins in his career. Wow. The same as Tom Brady in the last two years. <laughs> right? That's his career. And then go to Sam Darnold, starting in Carolina, 17 career wins. Wow. And if we're doing careers, Tom Brady, 243 <laughs> career wins. And that's just regular season wins. That's just right. Yeah, he's got a whole – I mean, his – his career in the postseason is most guys' Hall of Fame career ever. You know, just his postseason. He's wins. got more wins in the postseason than any of the quarterbacks in the NFC South have in their career. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Just amazing. So when you look at it, you go, okay. Another quarterback like Matt Ryan leaves Atlanta and he's going to the AFC. And the AFC has gotten their more than their share of quarterbacks. Just in this division, I mean, it would seem to be, it, it, it would seem to be the Bucks' division. I mean, it's their division, like, and, with and, the exception and, of and fact. And a week and a half ago, we were like, they may, they may have the yeah. worst quarterback in the division. They, they probably likely would. It would have been Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask, or or you know, on op- offset that maybe they get a Teddy Bridgewater who went to Miami as a backup. Maybe he comes here and competes with Blaine, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And they wouldn't have had Ryan Jensen coming back. And you wouldn't have had Ryan not Jensen, Carlton Davis. And you may not have Chris Godwin under anything but a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. He may not have signed a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things, and you wouldn't have had Logan Ryan from the Giants. You may not have had. I, I mean, he, he's influenced so many free agent signings already. You know, and that's why he, you know, the timing of it was not accidental. I mean, he he announced that he was coming back on the eve of the free agent um, negotiating period, where team where players could have signed with other teams, and they all quickly sort of scampered back. And then, you know, they've they've added some guys. I mean, they've added some really good guys. You know, not just their own free agents who they're still not done with, but they've added they've added some other players as well. Uh, Russell Gage, you know, from the Atlanta Falcons, great signing in my opinion, as that wide receiver three. Uh, great route runner, uh, can play slot, can play outside. You know, um, had 50 catches the final eight games of the season last year when Calvin Ridley was out, Julio Jones was traded, all of that. So they're, they're stockpiling receivers. And somebody asked me, I was doing the, uh, the Spectrum Bay News 9 360 show, whatever it's called, uh, on Monday we were talking about the Bucks, and somebody said one of the questions was, why did the Bucks invest so heavily in the wide receiver position? Isn't that a lot of money, a lot of assets to be spent, you know, at that position in that room? And the question, the answer is, it is. It really is. I mean, you know, Chris Godwin, 20-something million dollars. Mike Evans, eight, 17, 18 million dollars. It's a lot. But you know what? It's not so much just the position because they have invested in it. But they're investing in those two players. And those are two homegrown players one on a career arc to the Hall of Fame with eight straight 1,000-yard seasons, unselfish as he can be, you know, willing to share the ball with anybody, just wants to win, guy that's a warrior, will play hurt, will do all that stuff. And then Chris Godwin, another steal, fine, homegrown, second-round pick, uh, you know, Penn State. It's led this team in receptions a couple years, you know, led him last year, and he missed the last three games of the regular season in the playoffs. And they believe in him. So th- these are these are special Pro Bowl players that you have two of them. So you you know you want to keep them both together. So yes, they they've 
They've spent an inordinate amount of money, but they've done it not so much for the position, but for the player. These are special, special players to them and guys that represent exactly what they want their rooms to be represented as, especially the receiver room where, you know, it's typically a bunch of divas and so on. Mm -hmm. We saw plenty of Antonio Brown last year show that side. And so, you know, and then then you spin off from there. You go, well, they they invested in Russell Gage, and that's true. But remember, it's a passing league. It's Tom Brady. That's the whole point. You invest in that position when you have that quarterback or a quarterback. When you have, uh, you know, a let's – Sam Darnold. Maybe you don't invest that much in the receivers. And they didn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, but when you have Tom Brady, right. give him weapons. Right. And he that was his whole thing in New England. I mean, the reason he's here is they had built a pretty good roster and he knew he could win and then he added to it with Gronk and with some others. But he makes other other guys better. When they didn't have receivers last year and they started getting hurt, particularly Antonio Brown, um, some other guys as well, then you were pulling Brashad Perriman off the street, and he won a game. Tom Brady helped helped Brashad Perriman get open in overtime against Buffalo and win a game. Then you have Cyril Grayson, who comes up from the practice squad, who developed, worked hard with Brady, and won a game against the Jets with a, kind of a last-second touchdown. So he was taking these guys off couches, right, and off the practice squads, and winning with them the way he did in New England for years and years and years. Well... You don't have Antonio Brown, so you bring in Russell Gage. You still have Scotty Miller. You still have Tyler Johnson. You know, and you've still got Grayson and uh, Brashard Perriman. So you've got plenty of weapons around him now, you know. And if Godwin isn't ready, and by the way, we talked to Chris on Monday. Let me just say this to a couple things. I spent, I don't know when this this with what we call one buck palace, but the spectrum, not spectrum. I want to say spectrum. It's the advent healthcare uh, training facility. I don't know how long it's been open a pretty good while. Okay. Gruden was there. So it took him like 12 years to build the thing, but that's neither here nor there. And we have gone now. It, it, it has been, we are trying to think the last time we were in the building, we had not, we have not been in the building. We've had a trailer outside of the complex for the last two years since COVID um, COVID struck about March 11th, two years ago. 11th was when Rudy Gobert tested positive That's and the NBA correct. started canceling games on the 12th. And the world stopped, right? Everything so, stopped. A good, good two plus years. And so we have not been back in that building like, for anything, not press conferences. They were using our rather large and comfortable media room for, uh, I believe that was the, uh, cornerbacks room, wasn't it? Cornerbacks room. Yeah. Or- yeah, that was a defensive backs room. And then the, the uh, room where we did all the press conferences was the offensive lineman's room. And I was a little like Goldilocks when I went into the one that's uh, the offensive lineman's room because they have these chairs and they're the same chairs and they kind of rock back a little bit. But I, I felt like somebody's been sitting in my chair because, <laughs> because they lean way back. <laughs> and he's like, wait. Wait a minute, I'm going to fall on the floor like some 300-pounders have been in here, man. What's going on with these springs? <laughs> it was dangerous. So, yeah, we were, we, were, we were trying out the chairs. But I got to say, um, as much as I've enjoyed, underline enjoyed, as much as I've enjoyed doing Zoom calls and working from home, and, let's, and there is a benefit to do it, to not having to you know, wear pants, I guess, but not having to go to uh, 
you know, get dressed up and drive and, you know, fight traffic and, and be away from home. I mean, you see your kids more, you see your family more, for better or sometimes for worse. But, you know, there's, there's, there's advantages to being at home and working from home. I felt like a real employee. I felt like a real journalist today for some reason because I had to, I had to go somewhere and they let me in the building and, and they restored the media room the way it had been. Um, we're missing the little plastic pirate ship, but we'll figure out where that is. Uh, and we walked in there and I was like, and I'm telling you now, this is not a place that was romantic, romanticized for me. I have spent way too much of my life in this, in this media room and it's spacious and it's big and it's got a kitchen and a bathroom and all that, which is awesome. And a, and a soda fountain, you name it. I mean, we are, we, we, we are treated like Kings in there. It had been for years, but we, you know, you miss it when it's gone. Right. But I walked back in there and it was amazing. I felt like I felt like I was whole again. And then we went into the media center or the media room where they do the press conferences, media room, interview room where they do the press conferences. And we could actually sit across from a table with Chris Godwin and Jason Light and all the bank of cameras in the back. It felt great. Now, if we do it again tomorrow and the next day, about about four or five days in, I'll be like, okay, I'm done. I want to go home. Um, but but for this for this first day in two years, I don't know. There was like a, you know, it's like anything else. You know, we've been battling this COVID and the fatigue of it. And, you know, when are we going to get back to normal? And I look, I mean, we're just one variant away from, you know, having to wear a mask again, perhaps. But I, I'm just telling you, it, you remember just how the world was and how what, what we have been through. You know, how many scars we've kind of gotten and calluses on our noses and stuff from from what has been just a, uh, uh, you know, a life-altering and uh, in some ways world-altering, you know, pandemic. And it was really cool because they're not testing anymore. They're not checking vaccination cards, um, you know. And I would assume Major League Baseball, their clubhouses are open. I'm going to assume that, you know, barring, again, a, a spike of a new variant or something like that, that, you know, we will be back in the locker room soon. So... And that helps our reporting, and we can do a show on this later, but it's like it, it helps you build relationships. You're not always asking about football. It's not like, you know, you, you can have the scrum goes one way and you can go the other and have a conversation with a guy. Um, so you, you tend to just, you know, form relationships. and It just helps us do our jobs better. So I'm looking forward to that if it gets to that. But, man, it was really – and then so they had – we each have sort of our own little cubbyhole desk, if you will, little little partitions on either side. And – um they had put all the desks back together in their order and we have little name tags and things been gone so long. Eduardo Encino was still on one of the tables. I think he's done the lightning for about four years, but, um, so we, we sat down and uh, they had, they had bagged our, the contents of our drawer and, and had them in a little cute cubby hole. And I felt like, what was it? You told me like a being pro. I felt like I was leaving jail. You know, it's like, okay, sign mm-hmm. them out. You pick up your contents. There's your watch, your wallet, your, <laughs> you know, right. everything you came in with. That's, that's right. That's right. Um, right. And uh, some folded up dollar bills, you know, whatever it is. But <laughs> um, it, I got it in a bag. I don't know what was in that. I don't know what was in that drawer, but I'm going to go through it later tonight. And be like, oh, there's this and that and whatever. But, yeah, it was fun. Um, but we talked, going back to Chris Godwin, we talked to Chris Godwin who did resign with the Bucks and got a lot of money for doing so, and deservedly so, but, you know, coming off the ACL, he does not know, and nor does he want to predict when he's going to be ready for the season. 
And it's sort of ominous the way he said it. You know, he was kind of like, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm going day by day. And that's a cliche and that's what they do. But he says, you know, I, I sort of, I want, I, I kind of want to celebrate my small victories. And you start thinking about that. You're going small victories. Like this dude is going to be counted on to go over the middle of the field with safeties and linebackers bearing down on his knees again and stand in there and catch the ball and make cuts. And he's going little victories like riding a bike, a stationary bike, you know, like running again. Like he's got a long journey ahead. And his thing is, I can't look down the road that far. I'll get depressed. You know, I have to, I got to stay in the moment. And they know he's going to do everything to get himself back. And, you know, time will tell whether he's the same Chris Godwin or not. They're certainly counting on him being that. But it's very possible, you know, when you, it's sort of sobering when you hear him talk about not just the injury and what he missed, but sort of where he's at, that, you know, he, he may not be ready, which is why having a guy like Russell Gage is important, you know. Um, another receiver that can play the number two if you need him to. And so they're going to need depth. Uh, that's why Perriman's back. That's why, you know, they still have hopes for, for Grayson. And maybe they add another guy in the draft. We don't know. But, yeah, as far as Chris goes, really deserving, but but also kind of scary, you know, to see to see him in that condition. He wasn't limping. There wasn't any visible, you know, sort of, uh, you know, residue, if you will, from that injury. But he's still a long long way and the thing is we're not that long away from when these guys would go to training camp you know sometime in the end of july because he got hurt so late and and you know and you could feel his pain from the sense of he goes you know it really hurt me it hurt me to be hurt obviously but not to be with my team and he goes in the way things turned out i can't help but feel like i'd have made a difference and you know he would have he might have made a difference in the game he got hurt in had he not gotten hurt maybe they lost three starters within 10 plays or 12 plays and they lost that game nine to nothing and the field goal came late the last one so if he'd have stayed healthy there what about the Rams game you know what about what about that one um there's so many games he could have made a difference because he was balling at the end of the season that game against Atlanta when he had 15 catches for 147 yards he was he was unbelievable and so they hope to get him back some other highlights of the news conference I would say I would say this, and I wrote a story about this in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. I've kind of been wrong. Like I've said on this podcast, well, surely they'll add another year to Brady's contract, right? Because it serves a couple purposes. One, it reduces his salary cap number. And two, it prevents him from having to answer the dreaded question of, hey, is this your last year? Well, I got to thinking about that, and, and Jason Light was asked about Brady's contract, and he more or less just said, you know what, we'll get to it if we get to it or when we get to it, there's no momentum to quote unquote add a year. Now, will they restructure this year? They absolutely can. They absolutely can. They can restructure this season. Really no problem. But will they add a year to where he's under contract like he was this season? Because remember after the Super Bowl, he added a year and he was under contract, which is why, they had control of him. And if you go back to the NFL Combine and people asking, hey, what if Brady said he wanted to play, but he didn't want to play here? You know, would you give him his release? Because the plan was to put him on the reserve retired list after June 1st, and they would 
therefore own his rights. And that's when Bruce Arian said, nope, bad business, okay? Well, if you think about it, wouldn't it be bad business for Tom Brady then to put himself in that situation again where he's under contract? Well, it's kind of what he did in, in New England. I mean, he kept exactly extending what the, he did. the contract, and at some point he and Belichick and Robert Kraft agreed that his contract was going to end at one point. And exactly that's when right. he became a free agent. And and that's what he set to do. And like I said, they could do some things to to reduce his salary cap number if they needed the money. I think the most they can save with him is probably about $5 million. Um, there's dead money. Here's the thing is that if they do something else with him, there's already dead money in 2024 of $24 million against the cap. So he's got one year left, okay, and he's going to get about $27.2 million in cash. That includes $20.2 million of a salary cap figure for this year, for 2022, okay? You've got 8.925 in base salary because it was lowered. Um, and then $1.4 million roster bonus. That's sort of like the 17th game or whatever. Um, but you also have a $15 million of the signing bonus that was deferred when you did the new deal back in March of 2021, and that was supposed to be paid in February 4th, 2022. Now, chances are it, it's going to be paid out or it already has. Um, so, you know, he's got his money for this year. And the salary cap figure for this year isn't crazy. Um, but next year it's already, you know, up to $24 million. Do you want to add to that? They may restructure it. They're not going to add a year. Like, he has voidable years after this season. He's not under contract. There's, there's voidable years, and it'll show up on the salary cap against them for Tom Brady's deferments uh, and restructuring. But I don't know that you want to add to the $24 million a year from now if he's not playing. And he's not going to commit to playing, obviously, more than a year at a time. And like you said, I think he's right where he was with New England. Like, hey, you know what? I can be a free agent, and... They're not going to control my rights. And then I have more choices, right? Like he, he had choices this year of, you know, what, I'm going to make a movie. Uh, you know, I wrote about this in, in Mike Florio's reference. Maybe I'm going to become uh, a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, maybe I'm going to get Sean Payton to coach the team. Like, he, you know, he's got a ton of businesses and all of that. But what if one of those options a year from now is I could play for another team and no one can stop me? That makes more sense to me if you're him. Now, again, watch. Having said this, they'll sign him to an extra year. You know, next. Well, you know, the next some of it hours. with him might be, what are we getting for me to restructure? Right. What player are That's we true. signing? That's w- true. What piece of the puzzle to help us win a championship would I be getting? That's fair. You know, I'm not just going to restructure. I mean, he might. This is uh, speculating. Might just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to restructure just to restructure. But yeah. there's this piece or two I want to go get. Antonio Brown, like, I'm not saying him, but yeah. you know, there's a piece I want. We don't have the cap space. Let me restructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, he'd have to weigh that. And, and, and like I said, I, I think the most they could probably save under the salary cap is $5 million, which is not like dollar for dollar because obviously you can sign somebody, defer their signing bonus, and their salary cap number might not be all of $5 million. You might be able to get two players like that. But we do know that the focus, when I asked about him and about his contract situation, they were like, look, 
we're more focused on getting our guys back right now. We'll deal with all of that if we need to later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this could help them somewhat attain that. But I think, I think right now it's still about Gronk. Um, there was something on the, on the web from a site I didn't recognize and said that uh, you know the Bucks are in the process of working on a contract for Gronk. Well, they better be. Well, I also <laughs> they, saw that, that they're working on a new contract for Brady, which was false. That part is not true. I saw that I on did, the site too. Yeah, and I, I did. I did verify that. Like I said, are they? Is it something they could do? Is it something they've talked about? Perhaps. Sure. I just don't know. I haven't talked to Don Yee. I don't. I don't know where that stands. Not that he would tell me, but I, I did talk to some people with the Bucks, and they're like, "Look, we're not, we're not doing that right now. Like we got other." Well, it's not priorities. what Jason Light said at the press conference today. And Jason Light didn't say that at the press. Yeah, he didn't say we were doing it. I don't know, you know, certain websites that don't pay attention and sometimes don't go to press press conferences had another idea about what he said. Um, but we were there, so not what he said. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting. I mean, just think about the changes in the NFL in the last week, with starting with Brady, right, mm-hmm. coming back, and the Russell Wilson deal, and. All the quarterbacks moving and what the AFC looks like now, and especially the Deshaun Watson and Cleveland Browns thing, how that had ripple effects all through the NFC and the NFC South. It's Look, it's I have all the faith in the world in the New Orleans Saints. I do. And nobody wants to beat the Bucs more than Jameis Winston, and he's done, he's done that. But if this is not the Bucs division, the problem is, and the South plays a lot of the same opponents, but the Bucs won the division last year, so they have an even tougher schedule. That schedule, I mean, the matchups, the quarterback matchups in this league next year are just unbelievable. And the ones that Brady has are incredible, you know? I mean, right down the line, Deshaun Watson and, I mean, Kyler Murray and, you know, uh, Kansas City, with, you know, with, I mean, there's, you just you just keep going and you're just, it's every week. And so there's going to be some tough games, really tough games that they're going to have to play. Those other teams, though, are going to be playing one every week. I mean, if you're in the AFC West, tell me, tell me, you play those teams twice, and then you got everybody else on top of that, including Brady. That's going to be interesting. So, you know, even, uh, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan goes to the AFC now. I mean, it's just, it's incredible the uh, the shift, the seismic shift of quarterback that has moved now from the AFC, from the NFC all all into the AFC. It's it's just unreal. Yeah, the AFC used to be dominated by three quarterbacks. It was yeah, Brady, Manning, Manning, Brady, and, and Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, all the quarterbacks are there. Just in the AFC West. If Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in a division, my God, how good is the division? Right? It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's – but it's there. Look, it's there. It's there. It's there for them to win it. It's there. They're going to keep adding players – They've added three guys already from outside of their own club. I've seen, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul and guys like that linked with Green Bay, Dallas. Um, we don't know what Sue's going to do. Leonard Fournette visited the New England Patriots. I got something for Leonard Fournette. You're not going to get – he claims he's a top-five running back and therefore by implication should be paid that way. The New England Patriots are not paying him top-five money. It ain't happening. They got some running backs. They like volume. I'm sure they like Leonard. Why wouldn't you? He's been very productive. Jason Light said they like him too, that they, they're still talking to him. But I, this might be one of those things where free agency actually helps you as a team because 
the player thinks he's worth X, he goes out there and he sees that his value that he thinks he's worth is not is not it, that no one's offering him that, and it's closer to where the Bucks felt it would be. And then, you know, that being the case, sort of like last year, he ends up re-signing with his former team. And that that's really the best-case scenario is that he gets out in the open market and he realizes, you know what, the money's just not there for me. For whatever reason, people aren't paying me, they're not paying running backs, and if I'm going to get the same money, I'm going back to Tampa. So there's a chance that that's, that happens, right? But he's got several teams interested in him. And, you know, the Patriots being one of them, which is a pretty good, pretty good landing spot if you're him and you're trying to, trying to get paid, trying to win a Super Bowl. So, but it was a, it was a eventful day, a good day out there at, uh, at the Bucks, and there'll be more free agents news. I'm, I'm sure of it the rest of the week. We'll follow all of that, um, on the podcast on TampaBay.com, the Tampa Bay Times. So. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Meanwhile, the Lightning, we got to the trade deadline. They made some minor moves, right? Um, we've talked about the major moves yesterday. Yeah, they added, uh, if you remember, Riley Nash. Uh, he yeah. Was a, he was put on waivers by the Jets earlier in the year. The Lightning claimed him while they had some forwards hurt, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, et cetera. Uh, good bottom six four, center, good at faceoffs, can play penalty kill, et cetera. Um, once they started getting healthy, they put him on waivers with the intent to send him to Syracuse. He was claimed by Arizona, or the Lightning have traded for him. He had already cleared waivers the day before, so they're able to claim him or trade for him, I'm sorry, and now they've assigned him to Syracuse, so he'll be a depth piece for the playoffs. Or if a forward gets hurt, they only have 12 forwards on the active roster now that they traded Boris Kachuk, Matthew Joseph, and Taylor Radish and only got two players back in Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel, so they only have 12 forwards. If someone were to get hurt, he may be the first one called up. But a good depth piece for the playoffs. Another gritty centerman can take face-offs, can play penalty kill, can do a lot of things for you on the bottom six roll. So that's a good pickup for them. And they also traded for Syracuse. And that's that's for depth playoffs, that sort of thing? Riley Nash is, yeah. The goalie, I think, is more long-term. That's long term uh, for you know in the minors now and, and maybe eventually, but Riley Nash was a piece for you know basically help Syracuse now, but it's a depth piece for you in your organization. Come playoffs, there's no salary cap. The players in your organization you can call up, et cetera. So, yeah. And then I was watching. You were at uh, the Pirates game. They were playing the Rays. So you got to see a little Rays baseball. Yeah. Anything? Charlotte Wander Franco played today. Rosarena played. Actually, mm-hmm. most of the – I mean, a lot of the lineup. Zanino was Meadows, in the lineup. I saw him. Meadows yeah. was in the lineup. Uh, Brendan Lau. Yeah. Uh, Vidal Brujan was a third starter. They only played four to five innings, the starters. So, uh, they got right. beat five to one. But uh, spring training games should not take three hours and 22 minutes. Oh, I can't believe that. Is that just the pitching changes or just like – Well, there shouldn't be pitching changes at this point, but there were a couple. Yeah. Because uh, pitchers couldn't get out of the inning. But uh, the first five innings took two hours, which was like, woof. Goodness gracious. But it's, well, it was game four of the spring training for both teams. Razor, maybe third. Razor, 0-3, I believe. 
in the spring now? So. Do we care? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Jalen Beeks uh, started. He looked really good. His first time pitching since he had, what, Tommy John surgery? Yeah. Uh, he looked really good in his one inning of work. Um, so you know, you, you tend to forget all the all the pitching they had that got injured. Mm-hmm. And and if those guys get healthy, or a, a large percentage of them get healthy, to go with what they developed a year from now, a year ago. Yep. Now Shane Boz had minor elbow surgery. Yeah. I won't not throw for at least two to three weeks, so he, presumably he will not be ready for the start of the regular season. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think they're they're concerned about. Um. You know, I mean, he may not have made the roster to start the season anyway, so. Uh, just based on numbers and that. So I, I don't, you know, it doesn't sound like they're big concerns. So, yeah, but he did have surgery. So he's out for a few weeks. Well, it's just good to turn on the baseball. You know, they they run the replays and stuff like that. I was watching it a little during when it was live and then a little bit at night. And um, I don't know, man, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for some baseball. I mean, that's my sport. I mean, I obviously I love it more than any of them, but. Uh, it just, it, you know, that, that lockout kind of soured us, and we, it was out of sight, out of mind. But I'm glad they're all back in camp. They've had some beautiful weather this week. Oh, it's gorgeous out there. And we were driving, to, when we were drove to One Buck, this is another rite of spring. When you go to One Buck Place or the Advent Health Care Facility, whatever, you know, you drive um, down MLK across Himes there. And, of course, I look over to my right. It's like, oh, my God, what's all this traffic? It's the Yankees. It's spring training, man. Mm-hmm. And you come out of the building and the sun's splashing on the fans and you're just like, oh, what a great way to spend an afternoon, right? Sit there, some beer, some peanuts, whatever. Hot dog. Not to watch the Yankees necessarily. My family but, went to a spring training game on Sunday. They were loved it. Glad did to, you? Glad to be. My, I was working, but they, were, they went to a game. Oh, they went to the one you worked? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they were in Dunedin. We saw the, the Pirates and Blue Jays. Pirates and Blue Jays, yeah. In Dunedin, right? Yep. Yeah, played on that field before it became one. Yeah, that's it is a really today. the run, I hadn't been there since they did all the renovations, and of course last oh, it's year, incredible, the right? Blue Jays played there for you know two months of the season. Yeah, uh, no, it's really nice what they've done. So, I yeah, been, I hadn't been there in a few years. So, yeah, it's pretty cool out there. Um, that field could talk, man. It it it, it evolved in, in ways you can't even imagine, but it's in the same location. It used to be the old Grant Field, is what it was in Dunedin before. Uh, well, the Blue, well, even after the Blue Jays first came there and played there, so yeah, it's just good. Good to see. I mean, that's 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 what spring is in Florida, man. And, and listen, everybody's down here. If you've been in traffic lately, oh, you, oh my goodness. I mean, I know a lot of people are moving to the so area. Can we but get I didn't to Easter? All, can we get to Easter? That's the key, right? That's the key. You got to get past Easter, and then everybody had the snowboards go back north, and um, then we can actually navigate our roads again. But the traffic, whoa, it's been um, yeah, woof. It's been special. Let me just say that. All right, so uh, we're going to have uh, an exciting mailbag segment for you this week. Uh, not sure what day that will be, but let's go ahead and get those uh, questions in. Uh, there's already some that I have in my inbox that I will uh, will answer for you at some point. And so to do that, just send it to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com All questions answered 100% correctly. Your money back guarantee. We've got the Lightning playing tonight, right, Steve? Where are they at? In Carolina. Tough game. Uh, Nick Paul should get his first action. 
Uh, he was uh, making his way. He met the team in Raleigh on Monday afternoon after the team arrived. So he was uh, he missed the practice on Monday that was held in Brandon before they left. But uh, So he'll get his first action. Of course, we saw Brendan Hagel on the ice on Saturday night. He got his first full practice with the Lightning on my, actually his first practice at all on Monday. So in uh, the Lightning, uh, some tough stretch. I mean, Carolina tonight, they're going to face Carolina at home a week from tonight. So Carolina, one of the best teams in the NHL. And, boy, the Eastern Conference, the Bruins, Loaded. The, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Penguins, mm-hmm. the Lightning, everybody made moves at the deadline. Got better yeah. caps. Everybody did. And, and there's eight teams in the, the, in the Eastern Conference that are pretty much locked into the playoffs. Possibly Columbus could sneak in, but doubtful. I mean, the eight teams are pretty much set. It's just a matter of seeding and preparing for the playoffs, and everybody was adding. It was an arms race in the Eastern Conference heading to the trade deadline. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. So lightning at Carolina tonight. Make sure you catch that. We'll be back here uh, tomorrow with Sports Day Tampa Bay. And uh, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 